Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. Ooh, we got a special music episode for you today. Prepare to be inspired by a journey of hope from a musician, public speaker, and world changer, Damien Horn. From Faith Hill and Keith Urban to Robert Randolph and John Legend, Damien has either opened up for or performed alongside these award-winning artists. He's been part of a country trio, The Farm, as well. And he had a publishing deal with Warner Chapel and has released several solo projects, including his latest EP, The Love Saga, Volume 1. But if you were to ask Damien what he's most passionate about, his answer might surprise you. We're going to talk all about this today on NOL about Damien's intention to give back. He also recently started a blog that centers around his mission to surround others with hope. It's called EncourageInspireMotivate.com. And each week there are new videos and articles on platforms that he's committed to, such as homelessness, human trafficking, prison ministry, world outreach, youth, and a lot more. You can go to his website, DamienHorn.com. That's D-A-M-I-E-N-H-O-R-N-E. Or to his blog, EncourageInspireMotivate.com. Welcome, Damien. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Michelle. I'm so excited to have you on today to give you the chance to share your story with the NOL listeners. So let's dive in. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I'm originally from Hickory, North Carolina, and you know, for those who don't know where that is, it's in North Carolina, right between Asheville and Charlotte. It, it, so, when I was growing up, it was a huge uh, furniture and textile area. So, like anybody living in that area, you know, and from beyond the area, comes there to buy furniture and, and that type of thing. And so, it was a small community, but very like a factory-based uh, small town. And I'm I'm one of twelve children, a blended family of twelve children. Wow. Yeah, and so I, I grew up uh, pretty much in the projects there, you know, to a single mother who uh, just worked hard, you know, day in and day out to kind of, you know, put food food on the table and clothes on her back, you know, that that typical story like yeah. that. But, uh, you know, even to this day, you know, my mother uh, is illiterate, you know, uh, deals with that, can't read or write, but uh, just found ways to make, you know, ends meet and miracles happen all the time. And so that was kind of my beginning. Mm-hmm. Good mama. Yeah. And I'm a mama's boy, so I'm, I'm never ashamed <laughs> to say that. So, uh, yeah, uh, she, she's been fantastic. But, you know, during that time and growing up there, you know, I, I saw and experienced a lot of things, you know, things from, you know, physical, sexual abuse. To, you know, I lost uh, one of my older brothers um, um, to the streets when I was about 14. He was 19 years old. He, he was killed at the rec center where we used to play basketball all the time. And then later I would lose another older brother and two of my younger brothers would spend 10 plus years in prison. And so this started becoming a common theme of what I was seeing in my life and my surroundings. So naturally when that's all you see, you start thinking that's, you know, that's, that's what you should destiny. do. Yeah, exactly. And you start thinking that's your outcome and that has to be your destiny, but, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. And, uh, and that's kind of where my story uh, took a turn. And, um, I, you know, I grew up going um, to the Boys and Girls Club, Salvation Army Boys and Girls Club. And it was the first thing that kind of really gave me a, another avenue 
besides hanging out on the street and, and, and being a part of, you know, selling drugs and that kind of thing. It gave me a, a different outlet. And, uh, and How did you I, handle that along the way? So you started making this this turn, and then all the people that you had been hanging out with at that time, your friends, the people in the community, were they looking at you, you know, kind of cockeyed, like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to be so good? Um, yeah, at, at first, you know, and, and it's one of those tough things, you know, like I'm a writer, so I even wrote a song about that. But, you know, a, a lot of what I was seeing was coming from close friends and family, you know, and and not to put, you know, not to say it was all on them. But, you know, like, you know, they were just being, you know, kind of victims of the environment they were seeing. And so they kind of went a certain path. But I just knew I didn't want that for myself. And so when you whenever you kind of have to go against the grain like that, you're always going to be met with some kind of adversity or some kind sure. of something like that and you know and, and unfortunately you know for for a moment there it was close friends and family you know but uh you know i just knew i knew that i i wanted something different and i and i knew i couldn't get it by doing what everybody else had been doing so tell us more about what you started diving into and and how you kind of made that mental shift well, it, it definitely initially came uh, through my faith. You know, I, I grew up a strong believer in, in God and purpose uh, through God, and so uh, that was the that was the first you know kind of idea of like, man, there's got to be something better for me because I believe that there's a God who wants something better for me. Mm-hmm. And so taking that that thought process and then also finding out what I what I feel like I'm here for, you know, and finding a gift or something a talent that I had outside of what you know, what would, would be the norm for somebody where I'm from. And, and, and I found that in music. Mm-hmm. It became it became a, a, a platform. It became a refuge. It became a lot of different things to me to kind of like uh, channel that energy or channel that stress or channel whatever mm-hmm. into those things. Did your family have musical instruments? Like was everyone musical? Was it a family thing? Or was it just you on your own? Being a from a, you know, a black Southern family is music is in the bones. I don't, I don't know. I feel like everybody, I feel like every one of them have, have that talent to some degree. And it's just kind of always been a part of our household. But uh, I, I really took it personally, you know, in some, as something that I would do even outside. That's of great. Home. So, I mean, it's not like anyone in your family thought that you were this, you know, weird child in your room right, playing right. your piano or your guitar, right? No. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, I remember, you know, doing, you know, things like where, my brothers and sisters and I would get together and we would create shows together. Like Aww. we would do talent shows and that kind of thing. That's together. awesome. So like it was very much part of the, the culture, you know, so it wasn't like, it wasn't like a foreign thing to do that, but it was just, it has such a strong pull on me. Like, I became obsessed with it. And it was all I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine you started to express yourself through your lyrics and through your music. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, in, in the beginning stages, it was very much, that you know writing the way i felt and what i thought and it wasn't songs that it was just poems that people never heard you know Mm -hmm. it it was just a way to write it down and get it out. how old were you when you started doing all of this uh i was i was probably about like eight nine years old. oh you were a young boy yeah yeah Yeah. really really young i remember and wise beyond your years damien because i mean eight nine years old that's so young to realize that you want to make this path for your life this positive journey for your life like how could you know that as such a young kid well yeah that well i i I credit to a few different things like i said first of all it's just god i believe you know some things are just put in people uh you know i I feel like we're all equipped for whatever we're supposed to be here to do and i Mm -hmm. think that those things are always in us 
But uh, we have to tap into those things. I think it's that. And then also... And it takes most people until they're like well into their 40s to do so. <laughs> right. Well, you so. know what? One thing that I know kind of brings that out to the forefront is when you're kind of forced to use those things early. And I feel like yeah. at a young age, I was forced to grow up early. You know, I was, you know, you know, I spent time alone where my mom had to work. So mm. I had to be more... You know, I had to be wise. I had to be older than my age, you know, yeah. so to speak, and the things I had to do. So it made me have to reach for those things sooner. And some people, you know, like when you grow up, I feel like and you have a lot of you have, you know, parents who can be a lot more attentive and you have a lot more things in place. You don't have to utilize those other skills. Right. As much, you know, they and talk so I, about that. They say a lot of the, the kids who do get that full attention, like they don't have the kind of grit right. that other kids that have had tougher backgrounds do. Right. Like you just have that drive. It's like, no, I'm going to do this thing because you have to. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. So tell us about you got a little older. Your music was just this huge part of your life now. So how did you break away from North Carolina? Uh, well, I was when I was 17 years old, I, I graduated from high school. It was a, I was the first one in my immediate family to ever do that. And so wow. it was a big deal for me. And it was a good eye opener. It was it was one of those light bulb experiences where like, man, if I can do this, I can do something beyond that. And so, uh, you know, I, I just your mom myself, must have been so proud. She was. She she my mom. She she's the best, and she she really was. And and I actually left home when I was uh, fourteen. I moved in with my my aunt because my mom moved to another city, and I was doing so well in school. I really didn't want to like disrupt that and I wanted to make sure I saw it through and and I talked to my mom about it and she was okay with it so she allowed me to like live with my aunt back in this and stay in Hickory where I was at because my mom moved to Charlotte so I could finish school you know wow. and that was a decision I knew because I, I knew I really wanted to and do you that. followed through yeah and high I did, five yeah. high five so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I finished high school this is a big deal where, where I'm from in this situation so now yeah. I was like okay what's the next move and and I knew I've always loved music and in, in the entertainment world. So I was like, okay, well, what I, where do I need to be in order to see that happen? You know, and so being, you know, a little naive in that process, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, well, Hollywood, that's where everybody goes to be seen. <laughs> and so, you know, I literally like saved up $400 and, and then bought a one-way uh, Greyhound bus ticket to Hollywood, California. And wow. that summer after I graduated from high school, that fall, I, I called a bus to Hollywood. I didn't know anybody. I've never been outside of, you know, North Carolina. And, wow. And I went all the way across the country to, to pursue music. Where did you get dropped off? I got dropped off right in Hollywood, like West Hollywood area. And um, I remember getting off the bus there and just like super excited, anxious, and not really that, you know, afraid of anything you know mm -hmm. I, I guess i contributed to that young uh ignorant bliss kind of <laughs> i can take on the world mentality I, like, I just got the visual of you coming off the bus with like you know the guitar over the shoulder and the, the bright eyes <laughs> exactly yeah. that, mm -hmm. that, that whole story exactly and then you know <laughs> quickly those eyes you know start to dim after about a week of being there and you realize man like okay this is not <laughs> as easy as i thought this was yeah it's like you think you're just gonna where go where did out you stay i mean what did you go do well, I, I, I ended up homeless there, you know, for the next couple of years. You know, I, I did everything from, you know, sleep uh, on the beach area to squats, you know, which is abandoned buildings and mission, skid row. The Covenant House was a huge um, part of uh, helping me, like, kind of get back. Yeah, I know where uh, that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I yeah, Sunset and Western, that Covenant House right there on uh, the corner of Sunset and Western mm -hmm. is where I spent a lot of my time. And, and uh, it really kind of helped me get my, my life back together. There. So you were in Hollywood, you're struggling, you're homeless. What happened to your dreams of music then? 
uh, they were really put on hold. And I almost, you know, I kind of got a thought in my mind that they weren't going to happen. I really, you know, in the beginning, I really tried to, to kind of pursue that and, you know, would go to auditions and try to find things like that. But it was mm-hmm. more about survival. You know, it's like, man, right. okay, I, I can get this audition, but I haven't eaten all day or, you know, I don't right. know how to sleep tonight. So it became less focused on that, more focused on about the necessities of, you know, food, water, shelter, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I spent most of my time doing that, you know. And then after after about a couple of years, I, I realized I just kind of came to the conclusion that, Maybe this is not what's going to work for me. So I, I, I saved up money and moved back to North Carolina. And, and kind of oh. with my head head held down, it's like, oh, you know, kind of defeated. In yeah. Words. And I, I mean, you're not the only one. I mean, so many people have, and I have personal friends who came to Hollywood with the same dreams, specifically to do music. Right. And went back to where they came from. Right, right. And that's and that's what I did. So I had to, you know, which which is a hard thing in itself. Probably one of the hardest things I've had to do was come try to come to terms with the fact that I I'm not gonna be this musician that I thought I was gonna be, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh coming back to um North Carolina, I ended up moving to Greensboro for for a little bit and uh I, I went to a uh, college there, uh, Guilford Tech Community College and just try to, you know, study, you know, something in the music field. I was trying to learn how to run the sound and uh and do soundboard and, and engineering type stuff, mm-hmm. you know, do the school route, you know, go to college. And I was just like, and I wasn't happy. I was like miserable. You need you know, to be I on just, stage. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I felt miserable. It's just like, it wasn't, you know, it's, I was well, yeah, you weren't following your heart. Your yeah, core, exactly. and, and also what you said earlier about that gift that you were born with and you weren't utilizing it. Right. Absolutely. And then so and I've always been, you know, like I've never been afraid of like hard work or like, you know, trials and stuff. I just feel like, you know, it's just a part of life. And so, you know, I I thought for a little while about what I was doing. I was like, this is not it. This is not it. So I quit school and I packed up my clothes again. This time I had a car at least and I drove to Nashville, Tennessee. And this time I came with some friends of mine. We actually started a band in North Carolina and was playing around just, you know, here and there and mm-hmm. so we i convinced all of them like we need to get out of north carolina let's go to a place where people you know you know kind of focus and appreciate music a little more yeah and um so we flipped the coin it was either gonna be austin texas or nashville tennessee and it landed on nashville tennessee okay so. and so you go to nashville and then yeah so we get to nashville and when we're, we're, we're pulling in and so you when you get to nashville and you get like broadway and second avenue you see a lot of people uh, playing on the side of the street, which we call uh, busking, you know, just what out there with guitars or whatever. Busking. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're busking. So people will walk by and, you know, they'll throw money in your case, you know, and you just kind of entertain from the side of the street. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, that's easy. That's our first gig. That's what we need to do. So we literally went out there and would do that night after night. And we had only been there probably a, a couple weeks when um, one particular night, this guy, you know, who, had, who was wearing like this big old black cowboy hat and had a handlebar mustache, he kind of comes walking by. <laughs> And he stops for a second, and he he pulls out a hundred dollars out of his wallet, and he throws it into um, our guitar case, and then wow. And, and so yeah, so yeah, yeah, wow, big right. spender. So kinda, yeah, like I most know. people, throw a buck. Right, exactly. <laughs> you exactly. know, so you know, it caught our attention, so we're pulling out. Did you think that he was like he did that by mistake? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he I pulled the wrong bill that. out. But you know what? I, I did it first, but he seemed very intentional because I actually remember him walking past us and then mm-hmm. like almost stopping because he heard something. And he's just like, stop and just kind of waited a second and listened to some more. And then he just opened his wallet and put $100 down. And he wow. started talking to us and he grabbed a guitar and jammed with us for a little bit. Wow. 
he's like, man, you you really have some talent, man. You know, you know, you can come hang with me. You know, I got this crew of guys. You know, we play every week at um, this place called the Pub of Love, and and it's inside. You know, you don't have to be out in the cold, and we have microphones. I just think you're talented enough where people would listen. You know, and, mm. and it'd be. That's amazing. So I, was, I was like, yeah, absolutely. And, and angel. I, I later found out it was uh, John Rich uh, from the country duo Big and Rich. <laughs> and you didn't know that's amazing. No, I had no idea who he was. I think that's the best way. Yeah. You know, when you just like you, it's just human to human. It's right, not right. like you don't have these expectations or ideals about someone, right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it was cool about him, too, because, you know, he didn't. He never even really told me who he was, you know. He just, you know, he told me his name was John, and then, you know, his friends called him Jr. and and we just kind of went from there. I never knew. It was later before, I, you know. Okay, he had just been a part of a group called Lone Star. He was working with mm-hmm. a new group, Big and Rich, and he's done, you know, had a lot of accolades in the in the business world. So he years. took you under his wing, and and was he the the reason why you started working with all these top artists? I'm dying to know how you got into playing with John Legend and Faith right. Hill and all of that. That's amazing. Well, he, he, he definitely was the, the, the guy who opened the door for that, you know, and then his partner in crime, uh, Big Kenny uh, from Big and Rich, uh, took a real interest in, in my music. And he, he actually gave me my first publishing deal. He produced my first album and he really like took me under his wing as my mentor. And it's just like, look, I'm going to help you with the business. Him and John took me out on the road when those guys were touring, radio tour and stuff so I could see what the business side was like. And I joined this thing they call um, they had called the Music Mafia, which is you know, a group of artists who were kind of like from all different genres of music, but just was all about good music. And it was about doing music the way they wanted to do it mm-hmm. in spite of, you know, what the industry might be saying. And uh, it, it really took off. You know, we, we did a tour where we opened up for Hank Williams Jr. So that was like the first thing tour I ever really experienced, you know, where I had the opportunity to play on a, on a stage like that. And How long and were th- you in Nashville before this man approached you? Literally like weeks. It was probably weeks. That's before. amazing. Yeah, it was like, and, and, and that's why I always kind of tell people too, you know, just important as, as who you are as a person and what you do is, is placement, you know, being at the right place, you know, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. a place at the right time is, is super key to that, you know, that, to that journey, you know, and I just felt like, cause I mean, I, I was years in L- LA, you know, with the same voice, playing the same kind of music, doing the same thing. And it just wasn't my time and it wasn't my place. Right. Right. The moment I got to Nashville, it was the time, it was the place. Absolutely. I believe in that as well. And, and you know, it was part of your journey to have to go back and then, yeah. to, you know, go to go to college for a bit, yeah, save yeah. up your All of that was part of your journey and probably fodder for more songwriting. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of which, tell us about your EP, The Love Saga, Volume One. Love Saga Volume One is, is is a bunch of songs that I've like I'm I'm constantly writing I'm always writing writing songs you know it's just like a vault of songs people will probably never hear and uh, I have been doing a lot of stuff with the farm I, the, the trio that I'm a part of but mm-hmm. now I've kind of gotten back to the the place where I can release solo music again and these are songs love songs that I have that uh, I've had for years that I just wanted to release. And allow people to hear, you know, I, I just got a big body of work. And for me, it, it's not even about making money off it or anything. It's like I have all these things that I want to share. So it's just like when I get the opportunity to share, I share. I'm, I'm one of those artists is like on the drop of a dime. Like if somebody's going to listen, I'm going to play music. Like I, I don't shy away from those moments. And Did so you do karaoke what, too? Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. most musicians I know don't like karaoke. 
No, no, I, I love it. I love it. I love watching it, and I love being a part of it. Watching music. it can be painful sometimes, yeah, Damien. And, and that's that's the humorous side of me. I love, yeah. I love funny things. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I would love to hear one of the songs off your EP. I'm sure our listeners would, too. You got one for us? Absolutely. I have a, um, actually, I have this song called Shine, and this song actually was featured in um, a film called Chloe and Theo, um, who was... Uh, the star of this film was uh, Dakota Johnson, who was also in uh, 50, 50 Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. That's this Don Johnson's the, kid, right? Yeah. And Melanie Griffiths. Yes, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this song was the uh, the closing song to that movie. It's called Shine. And it's kind of my mantra. It's kind of what I go by. You know, it's just like, you know, when you find out what you're here for and your your abilities, then you should shine. You should share those shine because you liberate other people to do the same mm, thing. Just got so, chills and you haven't even sang anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear some. All right, here's a, here's a verse and chorus of that for you. Rain, it's just one of those things. Some days you got it, but hate, oh, 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 hate, it's only here because. Somebody taught it. See, how can we learn the lesson of love? If we just hide in the dark, shine so everybody can shine too. Yeah, open your heart and lead the way. You don't have to be afraid, it's in you. It's in you to rise high above your greatest fears, yeah. And with a little bit of light, you can make it brighter here. Oh, 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 oh. So everybody shine, shine on, shine on. Everybody shine, shine on, shine on. Everybody shine. Mmm, bravo, bravo. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. And I love the message, Damien. Thank you. You know, I was hearing um, a number of different things when you were singing, um, and and I have to say, it brought a little tear to my eye. And I'm not being facetious when I say that. I actually was like really touched by the song, um, and I haven't even heard the whole thing. Um, I heard a little bit of Michael Jackson. I heard oh, yeah, a little, <laughs> yeah. I heard a little bit of you know reggae. Yeah. I heard a little bit of Bruno Mars. <laughs> yeah. well, heard, you're, you're hitting all of them. That's yeah. All. Yeah, and it's fantastic. And um, I know when you and I spoke offline, you mentioned that this theme of shine is going to be taken further. You mentioned something about a one-man show. Tell us about yes. that. Yes, well, the, you know, like I said, shine is, is the mantra, and it's kind of what I've – one of the main, like, things that has stuck with me throughout my life is I, I know early on I was I was really afraid to kind of stand out and to be different. I was all about following what everybody else was doing, mm. but, like – once I really kind of found my own and stepped out into that and started doing that, then I, I started noticing it was it was almost like liberating other people to do the same. They're like, well, I've always wanted to do something and then and then kind of encourage them to do the same. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to like 
hiding that, you know, it's, it's more about shining so you can, you can liberate other people to do the same thing. And so, uh, encompassed with music and my story and as much as I love acting and comedy and all different facets of entertainment, I wanted to create a one man show that kind of is the theme shine. And it's just, it's, you know, shine. And, and I think I'm, it's going to be titled, I know it's titled shine, but I'm, I think I'm going to base it as a Nashville story because there's so many people who come to, and like you said, even in LA, but you know, Nashville was that place for me that yeah. finally allowed me to shine mm-hmm. and do what I do. So it's like shine a Nashville story. And it's kind of my life story, but a story that is very common, like you said, amongst a lot of people who have a dream and they chase after it and they fail and they, yeah. they continue. And it's just like, Almost, you know, trying to give my my perspective on that through my life story. And uh, so it's a one-man show that I'm putting together. And it's so great that you're doing this and that you're sharing your story in such a way that to inspire others to go after who they really are, what they really want to do, their dreams, all of that. You know, it gets cliche after a while when people are like, just go for your dreams, you know. But the reality of it is, is that it's very, very difficult. It is. You're yes. going to have billions of obstacles, and unless you truly believe in your talent, your skills, and what you can offer, you're it's you're not going to stick with it. And so right. you have to be in total connection with your sole purpose in that way. Right. No, I agree, and I and I, and I think that's you know the key. You know, it's a, it's such an important thing to learn. I think it's 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 probably the, one of the biggest discoveries you can have in life if is to totally. discover what you're here for and what you're designed oh, to do. Because huge. once you figure that out, then it 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 helps make life a little bit more, uh, like helps you understand it a little bit more. You know, you don't feel like um, you're bouncing from one thing. You, you there's a, it gives you an anchor in life. You know, it's like you know what, no matter what, I know, even when things don't look like you know, like you know, like a fish and a bird. A bird knows it's meant for the air. You know, a mm-hmm. fish knows it's meant for the water. Mm-hmm. You know, and it'll never quite be as it reaches potential until it's in those positions, you know, and it's the same thing I feel like for each person, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's different for everybody. Doing but what you're you, meant to do. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. How do you share that message, which I think is a very adult one in that, like sometimes it takes people a full lifetime to figure that out. You know, some right. people find out sooner like you, you've been right. a fortunate one, but how do you share that message and teach the youth? Because I know that you do a lot of speaking to youth groups and such, right? Right. Well, I, the first thing I always tell people is, is to tap into like things that come natural to you. You know, I think we all have natural abilities and that are within us that, that are there that you don't even really have to groom that are kind of there. And if you groom them, they would become even greater, but there's things naturally that are in, in each person. I feel like are already set in place that are equipped for you to be in your purpose. I, you know, I keep using bird and fish analogies, but like, you know, a bird is born with feathers, which helps them in flight. You know, a fish is born with scales, which helps them when they maneuver through the water. So mm-hmm. it's like, there's things about each person that, that is already tied into their purpose, even when they don't know what their purpose is. Yet. Mm-hmm. So I would say to, to start focusing on those things and figure out what those things and how they would align in the things that you're passionate about and things that you naturally just do well. That's right. Yeah, because finding that right fit can take some time. Yeah, you know, yeah, trial absolutely. and error. You try yeah. this, you try that. You know, absolutely. And and you know what? And then it's okay. It's okay if that takes a while. You know, what I'm saying it's all right if it, it takes a while. And it's okay to not be to not be okay with where you're at. You know, what I'm saying like some. You know, like going back. And doing the thing, kind of what everybody was telling me you should do. It's like, well, no, you should go to college and get a degree mm. for this and do it this way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, like, when I wasn't feeling okay with it, it took me a moment because I was like, well, this is what everybody else is telling me, you know. But but I just knew it just didn't feel right, you know. And, yeah. and I think we have we have that internal voice that kind of 
can can guide us and, and let us know, well, you yeah. know, like and yeah. your mood of the moment. Because I right. had the same thing happen to me. I was told go to college, get a degree, work in business, right. don't do the arts because you're going to be poor for right. the rest of your life. And um, I was miserable. So like my mood was the whole the <laughs> like I knew something wasn't right. Yes. Like you said that internal gauge. I was just not happy because I wasn't doing what made me happy. Right. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it made you happy to be on stage, right? Yeah, it made me happy to be on stage even when I wasn't making money. Like, and it, it, it trips me out. And I, you know, I hope this doesn't get out too much. But like, I always say to my friends, I was like, one day people are going to figure out they don't even have to pay me to do this. I will do it anyway. <laughs> and when the word yeah, don't say that. that don't don't in, say I'll that. I'll really be in the poorhouse. <laughs> but you still do a lot of charitable work, though, in terms of teaching youth and through your blog and such, right? Right, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, what I you know, the more I discover what, what I'm good at and what I'm passionate about, I found out that my passion is is definitely people. I have a passion for music, but people is my passion. Like it, it, it is the thing that I the reason why I, I want to share music is because I want to influence and impact people. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just helped me take it a little bit further. And so now I you know, now I'm at the point where I realize, you know what, I don't have to just limit that to music. Mm-hmm. I can speak to people and do the same thing. I can, you know, you know, have your blog. Is that have my do blog. the one man exactly. show? Exactly. And so and now it's, you know, it's just growing, you know, it, it's growing in, in the ways I can do that. What is the most exciting part of your journey so far that you tend to share when you speak to groups? The, the exciting part is when I actually get to see the impact or I hear about the impact that what I'm doing, even when I don't know, I'm intentionally you know, mm. doing something, the impact that it's having on other people. When you get like the messages from your website or Facebook or a fan come talk, comes to talk to you or somebody you meet and they, and they say how something you did directly influenced a decision or, 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 or a process that they were going through, mm. like that means the world to me. That's the best compliment I can get. Cause then, mm. cause I feel like now that is, that is the ultimate apex of what my purpose is, you know? And so when I hear that, and you don't get to hear that a lot of times because, you know, sometimes you affect people and you never even know how you affected them. But when you get that opportunity to do that, it's, it's just a good feeling. Yeah, that's actually, everybody out there listening, like, go to his website, email him, tell him that you love his song, you want to buy his EP, you know, you want to know when he's playing in your town, <laughs> you know, or anybody out there, who, yeah, if absolutely. you love their work, tell them you love their work. It's so great. It makes them know they're actually sharing their gift in a positive way. Right. And of course, I have to flip the coin. How do you deal with it um, if it even happens to you? It probably doesn't much because you're such a positive guy. But have you ever gotten cr- negative criticism or you know, somebody saying no, rejecting you. And if so, how did you handle that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, in in my opinion, it comes with this type of business, you know, it comes with the entertainment world. You know, unfortunately, it's, you know, anytime I feel like good is in process, I always feel like there's the opposite, you know, uh, trying to uh, uh, antagonize that. But um, that's never been like, that's never been a really an issue for me. Like not in the sense of where I don't get it. I get that as well, but it, it, it doesn't affect me because I, I always think when, especially when it's, if it's coming from a person, I don't really, I don't take that kind of stuff personal because it's all about where each person is at. You know what I'm saying? And, and so I don't take it as a personal attack. You know, it can it's be their problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's not exactly. It's not my problem. You know, you know, my, my, my purpose is here to affect those who I am supposed to affect. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't affect you, then there's somebody who is there to affect you. I, I'm, in other words, what I do doesn't doesn't work for everybody. You know, right. like 
but it works for some people and that's who I'm doing it for. That's right. You know, and, 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 and I believe, so I, I don't, I don't allow it to, you know what I'm saying? And I just, I keep those kind of things away from me as far as possible. Yeah. You know? and, and you can't, you can't control it all, but you know, like I'm not the guy who will sit and read every one of my, you know, negative Instagram replies, you know, I just, I just don't do it. I, like, I just choose not yeah, to. I don't, yeah. I'm, they still I'm get annoying though. I mean, it's annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, just, yeah, being human, nobody wants to be told, you know, and especially yeah. being an artist, we're the most sensitive creatures on the oh, earth. Totally. So, like, it's just like any, <laughs> and so all that stuff affects us. So, you know, for me, I just, I just do my best not to take it personally. And I, and I always, cause I, cause I know, I understand people enough to know that like, it's deeper than an attack on me. You know, I, I, I always feel that way. You know, even when I'm being that catalyst for that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, when I think about how I might have done that to somebody else, I think, well, it really wasn't them. It's because of this. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, there's always layers to that. Sure. Of course. Yeah. And and that's such a wise way of looking at it. And, I, and a great message for anyone out there listening who is an aspiring artist and, you know, they have trouble with people talking shit about them. You know, right, it's right, like, exactly, you know, exactly. think about what Damien said. OK, now a lot of great things are happening for you, Damien. I'm so excited about your career trajectory here. You were just featured in People magazine online, right? Yes. Yes. Tell me about it. Well, um, they were they were doing this thing where they were trying to find uh, you know stories, kind of like inspirational stories about the the entertainment business and, and somebody's journey. And um, uh, I was entered into that, and then they they chose my story, so they called me for an interview, and, and we talked and discussed and went over that. But it's it's just like I said, it's just another opportunity to share, you know, what I feel like can possibly help somebody else Absolutely. in their journey. And and it just further confirms what I want to do with my one man show. Anytime I like I get to, you know, be on here and talk to you or have some share my story and people uh, it just confirms that like, man, I, I definitely need to make sure this story gets out because other people are gravitating to it. And so I just but I also want to present it in a way where like it doesn't always sound so preachy and it yeah. can be entertaining. You know, like mm-hmm. and because this what what I do, what my gift is is entertaining you know like the performing arts is what i do well so i was like why not take that story that message and create something within that that bubble of entertainment absolutely now what else is is coming up for you what is your main focus right now i just got back from i was in doha and i came back and then i went right back over to abu dhabi and i get the opportunity to play for our troops and and do stuff like that amazing saw it on instagram and like so, yeah, that. so I'm, I'm going to get to do the same thing in October. But this particular thing, those are where we go to base. And this one is like kind of right in the heat of the battle. This is kind of like in Afghanistan, a little more dangerous territory. But these are the men and women who are like out there and deployed, like right in the midst of everything. Wow. Never see, you know, anything from home. So literally like flying in on military planes. Wow. Going out to camp and playing for, you know, a, a, you know. Are you scared? Oh, no, no. Well, I mean, I'm nervous, but I, I'm not scared. I feel, Honestly, I feel like it's probably the safest place I could be. You know, I'm surrounded by all these people who are trained to <laughs> to handle business. I think I'll be fine. So I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm anxious about it, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. That, wow. That's exciting. You're flying all over the world. You're in People Magazine online. You have a one-man show coming up. You are crushing it. Tamian, and I, I'm so excited for you because of the fact that you're putting out such a positive message. I think the music industry has become very sad over the years, right, right. and everyone talks about that all the time, and you're bringing back this uh, authenticity to it that we need so badly. 
Thank so, you. And, and and honestly, that's my goal. You know, I don't. I can only be true to who I am. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that's the way I. I approach music i approach my life every every part of aspect mm-hmm. of my life is just what is authentic to me and mm-hmm. and this is who i am by no means am i a perfect person but like these are the things i want to see in the world and the things i want to see better in myself so mm-hmm. i got to put it out there absolutely and uh if you want to leave one takeaway with the audience today what's the one big message you'd like to leave everybody with shine that, mm. that's my message you you find out why you're here tap into your purpose and when you do that share it shine because you liberate other people to do the same thing absolutely damien where can everyone find you besides on your website damienhorn.com you can also find me on instagram twitter all those social medias everything's under my name i also have a a a separate twitter account called stay inspired 07 and i have uh my blog which is encourage inspire motivate.com you're amazing. Thank you so much for doing what you You're do. You're amazing. Thank and you. And I'm thrilled that you've come and spent some time with us on Nothing Off Limits. And I hope you come on back even when you're a giant superstar. Don't Absolutely. blow me off, Damien. No, n- Don't blow me never, off. Never. never. It's on record. <laughs> We're recording this. This is, yeah, this is on record. Everyone listening. So I would never <laughs> Next that. time we'll do it on video. All right. Um, by then, Nothing Off Limits will be taking off as well. <laughs> All right. All we right. hope. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll celebrate together. It sounds awesome. All right. Thank you again and all the best with everything coming up. Thank you. You too. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.